Well, 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 welcome to Philippi Conversations podcast episode 17. I literally had to go into our archive and figure out what episode this is and, and welcome to the 17th episode. It's my favorite Thank number. You. Yeah. Oh. So this podcast exists because we believe the gospel transforms lives and we think we think gospel conversations can become a mechanism for life change. Mm. So that's why we do this. And uh, uh, we break rule number one on this podcast, which uh, according to YouTubers, rule number one is don't make your content too broad because uh, apparently it's hard to, to grow a podcast that way. We don't really care. Uh, so we think we think the gospel applies to everything. So we cover a range of topics on this podcast. Uh, and this morning, I'm super excited to talk about Christianity and the arts. And I'm joined by uh, some, some dear friends, uh, Jeremy and Mara Oliveira. You guys, I mean, your names just rhyme so well. I mean, that's Jeremy. How, that's how I knew. She and was Mara Oliveira. I mean, that is like out of a kid's What's book. What's your name? It's, okay. You'll do. Just it's kidding. money. Wow. Yeah, it's money. Well, well, there's that silent I that kind of threw me off when I first met him. It yeah, looks what, like it's spelled Oliveria. What is with that Oliveria? It's so annoying. If I if I'm talking to someone that I'm never going to talk to again, like you know, yeah. I just I just say Oliveria. Oliveria. Like, I'm just like yeah. Jeremy Oliveria. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. DMV. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, just to make it easier. <laughs> well, you know, we've known each other for for a while. Um, you know, Jeremy and I, we've known each other since homeschool testing in eighth oh, grade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you know met Mara when you guys you know got together and. Um, so, so we've been, you know, friends for a while, but you guys have recently started coming to Philippi, which is super cool. We have a little more overlap with mm -hmm. you guys, which is great. Um, you guys have three beautiful kids. You guys are married, uh, Florence, Caspian and Atticus. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys picked awesome names, Thank you. by Thank the way. You. I mean, just, you guys are good at that. It might be a spiritual gift that you have. So yes. if anyone's looking for good baby names, just call yeah, these guys. We're I, done. Got, I got I mean, a, I got a whole list of, them. you got a list of unused material. Oh, yeah. 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 Sweet. Uh, so here's why these guys are here, uh, other than the fact that I just love them. They're awesome. Um, we're going to talk about arts and Christianity and uh, how those two things fit together. Um, and Mara is, uh, and I'm not just saying this, like Mara is probably one of the best artists I've ever I've ever seen. Um, Aww, she does you. like, and I'm not just saying nice that, like literally when I see your stuff, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you did that? Um, yeah, you're world class and you do, and, and I, my vocabulary limits my ability to explain what you do. So you'll have to nice. help, but chalk some of its chalk some of its paint right mm -hmm. um yeah different forms yep oil painting and then i've done some chalk murals like through uh chalk festivals yeah and things like that but it's it's incredible thank you uh, so yeah and then jeremy is an accomplished worship leader musician songwriter and now full-time producer and audio engineer was that be pretty yeah pretty accurate yeah. okay yeah so so i wouldn't say accomplished worship leader but accomplished yeah, i would say you're pretty accomplished <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> i don't know what it, i don't know what that means but it sounds good um yeah. so my, my point being that these guys are both in the world of the arts and you guys are both very much um you you swim in the world of the arts and whether it's music or whether it's it's painting and so um, and you guys are both really really good at it and you guys uh, love the lord so i thought this would be a good conversation um to to have Particularly, you know, God has brought just a lot of art, artsy people, just a lot of art, artists into our church, a lot of people that do theater and mm -hmm. do music and do painting. And, and I just thought, man, it would be cool to, would just be a cool opportunity to talk about that and what that looks like. So um, hopefully that'll they'll serve everybody listening. Um, so our topic today is, is Christian art. What is it? Should we <laughs> do it? And what makes it Christian? 
Okay. So that, that's going to be kind of interesting to dive into. It's my favorite conversation. Perfect. Uh, one of the things that's so rad about the way God put together Philippi is that we just, we have a lot of artists and I think I see people come into Christianity and they go, okay, what does this mean for my art now? Do I have to like stop doing that or do I just have to have to like paint crosses now instead of, you know, so I want to get into that and talk to that, uh, that a little bit um, and seeing, you know, is art worship? Can art be ministry? What is that? What does that all look like? Mm -hmm. So before we dive too deep into that, I'd love to just kind of give a little background on you guys. Give us maybe just a brief snapshot um, of your story with your art form, mm -hmm. how you got into it. And how Christ and the gospel has really shaped and influenced uh, you guys' individual you know, you, you, art. You want to kick that off, Jeremy? I will. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian homeschooling environment, homeschool testing. Boom. Um, and, yeah, my parents were very supportive of, like, music and lessons and, um, yeah, very, very blessed and and lucky feels mm. like just to have such supportive parents. Um, so I, but growing up in the, in the nineties, early two thousands and the Christian culture of the time, like, I don't know if you remember, like the big songs were literally like thousand foot crutch, like throw up your yeah. rock fist POD. We yeah. came here to rock this jam, yep. spread his love as Straight a master up. plan. KJ five, two, the yep. Mountain Dew song. Oh, you mean, I'm sorry. KJ five Tweezy. <laughs> Is that what it's <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, that, I mean, it's like fun. It was like fun youth group music. But, but it was terrible, let's be honest. Music, <clears throat> it never moved me. <laughs> like, it never. Yeah. Um, it just, <clears throat> I mean, D DC Talk, I love DC Talk. Their early stuff is yeah. so great. Um, but I remember, so it was about 13 or 14, was the first time I heard, like, Bob Dylan or, like, Radiohead or, like, these incredible artists and it was it was the first time that i was like genuinely moved by a song and it felt it resonated with my human experience it was just so honest and mm. so authentic you know the interesting thing was it was i i remember feeling like this is real like this feels so real like resonates with my human experience and it and it honestly um really started to shape what I thought was what I wanted to do. That mm. was, it wasn't like listening to POD and be like, I'm going to do this. This is awesome. Yeah. I want to do music. It was these artists that um, were just incredible. And it just felt like they were actually coming from a place of like trying to en encompass their human experience. Yeah. It seemed like there wasn't, there just wasn't a lot of variety really in mm -hmm. the Christian arts. Like it's particularly music. Cause you and I, I played in a band, you played in a band, we played together mm -hmm. and we were kind of like trying to fit a mold of yep. what we thought Christian music needed to kind of sound 100%. like. And, and it was kind of like, if you don't fit that mold, you can't really be in the Christian space. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah everything from like, like you have to use these certain phrases you have to. Right. And I think that's why you look at like <clears throat> air one. And I know there's a lot of great artists on there that are, that are like authentic. Um, but for the most part, they've created a brand and a lot of Christian culture, especially in the 90s and early 2000s. I think we're seeing a cool shift in that, um, but was literally just catering to this Christian culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just very specific. Uh, but uh, it, it, I'd say it was part of the story. They would share it, but it wasn't the whole story. So it just feels inauthentic and detached mm -hmm. from from yeah. our reality. Okay. 
Um, and so after, so I actually didn't become a, I didn't become a follower of Jesus until I was 20. Like I grew up in a Christian home, um, and had a great like upbringing, which is um, funny cause we were both in Christian bands and neither oh, yeah. of us were Christians. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's all about that. Tells you a lot about yeah. Right. Art. Yeah. Um, but when I actually be, like became a follower of Jesus, um, that was the first thing that there was only like two artists that were like, wow, these guys are doing it. It was Josh Garrels and John Mark McMillan at the time. There's like mm-hmm. so many now. Um, but I just, you know, uh, becoming a follower of Jesus is such a like huge life shift. Um, and it was just so, um, ta- like everything was so tangible, you know, like I was like, I can't even believe this is real, but it is. I'm experiencing grace. I'm experiencing all of these beautiful things in my soul, peace, healing. Um, and then, um, yeah, I didn't, so I know we're going to talk about this a little later. Um, but that definitely was like a, it's definitely been a journey trying to discover, oh, sorry. Uh, what, what, is that your phone? Yeah. Classic millennial. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing a couple podcasts ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to discover what that, what that looks like for, for our journey yeah. and our, I'd say calling as, mm. you know, but we'll get into that. A little it's bit. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, so I know a lot of your story, Jeremy, but man, I've never really heard much of your story with art and how you got into it and how the word got a hold of it. And yeah. 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 Um, well I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I came to know the Lord when I was 19. So I don't know how long ago that was. Probably. 14 years ago. Yeah. Uh. How old are, <laughs> um, how old are, how old are you? You're going to ask me that? On the air. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 33. Hey, I'm 33 too. Yeah. In, a, in a week. Yes, 33. Yeah, oh, yeah, we are. You're going to be 33. It's a very, Wait, when's your birthday? It's a very Jesus-y age. Uh, yes, it in is. In a week, May 17th. Oh, his is May 20. May 20? What day? No, May 26. Dude, now we're <laughs> going to get, birthday, now we're gonna get way more presents because everyone watching this is going to be like, oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. What is it? 20, 20? 26. None yeah. of this. Ma- yeah. I'm sorry. None yeah. of this matters to the yeah. audience. Okay. Yeah, it does. It's your, it, it matters. It's our, it's totally matters. It's our yeah. life. Yeah. Get over it. Okay. No, Here's um, my Venmo and cash app though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like gift cards and, uh, um, and food. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. So met the Lord when I was 19. Um, yeah. As far as art goes, I've always loved art, but I wasn't necessarily very good at I, I mean, I wasn't, my skill hadn't, didn't develop until actually after I became a Christian. So, mm. um, yeah, one, and then once I did, I don't necessarily know exactly how to like answer this question because I feel like the story of my art and my life have, has always been kind of intertwined. Like, mm. I, I don't think I can separate it from yeah. just like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, some of the earliest memories I have are of drawing and, um, my one of my grandmas I don't remember which one was she asked me what do you want to be when you grow up and I said an artist and she said I believe you can so I mean but like I didn't go out and think I'm going to be an artist because my uh life coming to know the Lord it was like you know like walking on a path and then things just like different tumultuous things going Mm -hmm. on and then it kind of your life gets completely shifted and changed and then here I am now Mm -hmm. and um definitely know for sure that art is a part of what Jesus is, Jesus is inviting me to do in my life. And 
I mean, nothing brings me greater joy than considering, like thinking about God and mm. his creativity. Yeah. So, yeah. which I mean, that might sound super Christian, but I'm just saying like, I know that this is like one of my life sources is like right. understanding mm. the creator, like mm. Jesus as a creator. And um, yeah, I don't know, practicing it alongside. It's not e- always easy. And I have three kids, so I don't get a lot of time to paint <laughs> right. right now. But <laughs> which you know, yeah. that is that's a whole nother side to being an artist and a mother and a Christian. There's so many different um I don't know, expectations that we carry about parenting and art. And I mean, even right now in today's culture, like I, I hear a lot of artists really afraid of having kids because of, of how demanding it is, which mm-hmm. in reality it really truly is. And mm-hmm. That was definitely a struggle for me when I first became a mom. And I like to talk about it because I don't think it gets talked about a lot as a, as a, in the, in the church, mm-hmm. um, especially not growing up in the church and thinking that, um, having the same view of sort of like motherhood, you know, as I think a lot of girls in the church grow up with, which I'm not hmm. saying was good or bad. Right. I'm just saying it was a lot different. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and my mom was awesome. I'm just saying that. <coughs> Uh, once I became a mom and art, that was definitely part of my journey because it was really humbling to not, to sort of take away the thing that you, that you love and also the thing that you think makes you special mm. and like having to just give that up. Right. And then like, and one of the things that the Lord is teaching me is like, anytime you're turning away from something, like you're always turning, you're turning to something better. Mm. It sounds so cliche, but really if that, per- if that thing is the person of Jesus, right. then you will always yeah. be exceedingly grateful. Yeah. And one of the things God showed me was like his identity as um, an artist and a father, they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. He is creator and he is father. Mm. I am mother and I'm artist, which I don't know. That That's really sound. good. But yeah. as far as um, my art goes, yeah, I, I know. I don't know. Hopefully that answers the question. Totally. Like it's still, yeah. I feel like the story is still forming Yeah. as well because like, mm-hmm being an artist and creating art it's so intertwined with your personal like your personality but also your identity and how you see your identity how sometimes you might feel like you don't have one and you need to form one Hmm. so when it comes to creating art i think you guys might relate to that as musicians Mm -hmm. like i think a lot of artists feel like oh look i'm creating this art and it's sort of something to show for myself and as a christian that's kind of something that we're supposed to like quote unquote like not do but in reality it's like sort of understanding more how does this just flow out of me as the person that God made right. me to be yeah. and sort of learning to like live and practice art in, in that way. Mm. So as far as that that's goes, good. like, I think that's been my journey is learning yeah. like, Hey, this isn't just my identity. Like I'm not just what I have to show for myself, yeah. but I'm who God has created me to be. That's and great. that takes a lot of, I think, courage and humility Preach. to stand up and be like, this is who God made me to be because mm. we're, I think so much for my story is so much of it is battling the feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. So to be able to say and stand like I'm an artist, it take I think it takes a lot more than we realize when we hear someone say that. Yeah. Because it also can, we also n- don't necessarily feel validated to say like I'm an artist. Well, what constitutes an artist? Did I make a certain amount of art? Did I make it a certain mm-hmm. way? Did mm-hmm. I, am I s- at a certain level? You know what I mean? And like, there's just so much complication. Yeah. But in reality, if you're an artist, like we can talk more about, we'll talk more about probably idea of creativity is more than just decorative art but like artists are people who i don't know they see the world in a in a way that god intentionally made them to see Mm -hmm. it as 
And that's the gift that, that we yeah. offer to the world. I feel so, like you brought yeah. up really kind of so many huge points there. And, and one probably needs to be number one in defining what a Christian artist is, is, is a Christian artist is a Christian <laughs> who's well, an artist, right? Like, uh, yeah. And I think that's like the, the thing we all struggle with, with, with putting yourself into anything. Like for me in this season, my art is writing sermons, which yeah. is both theology and art. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and, in lo- and like being able to create something, but then recognize that that something you created is not who you are yes. and, and being able to remove your identity really yes. is the central defining difference between a Christian artist and an artist, right. Is to go like, I am okay. a Christian first. And because I'm a Christian, I like how you said art flows out of me, but it isn't who I am. And it's mm-hmm. not what I look to for my identity. It's something that I can create and produce. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. It's hard. <laughs> oh yeah. It's super hard. Yeah. yeah. I really like the whole idea Mara, of that you said of, of it really is a turning. T- it's not a, necessarily i mean it might feel like giving up something mm-hmm, certain times but it really is i think this is just true of the whole christian walk it's literally yeah. just always an invitation there's always an invitation to something deeper and to something because it is jesus at the mm-hmm. end of the day right yeah yeah um and so i really li- i really like that frame of thinking because it, it's hard sometimes especially when you want to when you know yeah. you want to do something or there's a cool opportunity or you have this creative idea and you're like well, I can't work on this because I have three children or I have these or, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I really love that. Yeah. yeah. Good. I think there are a lot of artists I that can relate, especially mother artists who can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Yeah, for sure. Well, let me, let me kind of frame this out a little bit. I want to get into kind of this question of like, what, what is Christian art? <laughs> is that even the right terms? Is that even the right? Yeah. Let's I talk about it. Like, it's my favorite Yeah. Thing. And like, w- what makes something Christian? You know, I always make a joke. I don't know if it's funny or not, but I just keep making it that someone says it's like Christian music or it's a Christian band. I'm like, cool. So does that mean that the CD goes to heaven? Like, does that mean that the the art itself gets to be preserved or, you know, where does, what does it mean? We're going to hear this song in heaven. There's actually a verse. uh, I don't know it, but it talks about in revelations. It says revelation, the book of revelation. It says, um, all of the cultures or the best parts of cultures enter into the, enter into the gates. Hmm. I'll, I should find a reference. Yeah, that's that's yeah. intriguing. I heard that from Brian Boyce and the <clears throat> pastor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing to think about. Yeah, but that's kind of the the paradigm. It's like, so what makes something? It, so I think you and I again growing up listening to these Christian bands, it was like, are you the the whole paradigm was always like, are you a Christian band or are you a Christian in a band, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, and it was always kind of this like, well, you need to be a Christian band means you need to sing about Christian things and mm-hmm. um and then there were these other guys were like, well, I'm just a Christian and we don't sing about Christian things, but I'm a Christian in the band and yeah. what sanctifies the band and what yeah. oh, what yeah. sanctifies the art and um and so maybe just to kind of put it this way, you know, I think a lot of people come to Christ and they have in their former life, they've done art Mm -hmm. and they had a reason for doing art and they had a method for doing art and they had a purpose in doing art. And then their life is given over now to Christ, which changes everything. And, uh, and so what does sanctified art look like? Mm -hmm. I think the default, right. It's kind of the Martin Luther thing. Like what makes a shoe person, a shoemaker, a Christian shoemaker, does it mean he has to put crosses on all the shoes or does it just mean that he makes really good shoes and mm-hmm. gives the glory to God? Mm-hmm. What are your guys' thoughts when you think about that? Um, understanding what Christian art is, or if that's even the right way to th- think about it. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's, that's a super important question that a lot of people have that I've, and it's a journey. It's been a journey to kind of d- the, uh, figure out what I actually think about all that. Um, I think becoming a Christian, um, and, uh, right after, like within a year after I got saved, I was like, 
involved with this group where we were just touring around the country playing at like mostly churches and it was interesting because the more like Christian ease you got with your songs, the better they did. Yeah. Uh, and the more uh, the church would resonate <laughs> yeah. um, with like the more uh, like albums you would sell. And I don't know, the more like kudos you'd get in that realm. Um, and so it's easy to be like, all right, this is because you, you genuinely want to do something that's honoring and pleasing to the Lord. So it's like, OK, is this just what is sanctified art looks like? Um, but I think the longer um, I've been a follower of Jesus, it feels like it's far more important about who you are um, as a as a redeemed person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Francis Schaeffer talks about this a lot, where he, um, I think, I forget that book, that small book, what's that called? Art in the Bible. Is that the really small one? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um it's called it, Art in the Bible. Art in the Bible. Of the Bible. And the Bible. And then he has one other one that's included usually in that. It's like an essay, two essays, but I don't hmm. know the name of the other look one. Into he, this. Yeah, he says, because I, th- uh, so I think a lot of the, the like, you feel like you have to fit the whole thing in one song or one piece of art. Like, well, we got to talk about the cross. We got to talk about resurrection. Right. And to say the word Jesus. And got to say the word Jesus yeah. because if someone just hears this one song, I don't want them to walk away right. with like not hearing the gospel. Um, but what happens is there's, a, a, and a, you talk about this a lot, um, is they're not actually always telling the whole story. Like there's literally, look at Psalms. It's, it's mm-hmm. literally filled with like some serious stuff of dealing with depression, with yeah. like desperation, with mm-hmm. when you tr- like lamenting. And there is so much in there that's still directed towards who God is and it's still, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's still a conversation with him. Uh, but it's not, it's not like, I think it's Psalm 51. It doesn't like end on like the best note. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like it's all going to work out. It's yeah. fine. Um, and, and in a cosmic sense, we do believe that. Right. But um, I think there's. Um, Certain moments where. It doesn't feel like it's going to get good. And it's okay yeah. to to write to write a song that doesn't actually end with a re- redemption because we sit. But Francis Schaeffer talks about the whole, you take your whole catalog of art or like your whole, like all the art you create should actually be like a full picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not saying the name of Jesus, yeah, there should be like a holistic expression um, and I just really liked, I really like that because it's not like, okay, this is it. This is my shot. This one song needs yeah. to have every piece of truth right. I believe, but maybe it's just expressing one part of, right. of being a human in this world right. mm-hmm. um, and the feelings that you feel. But I think you can kind of get to the point you see artists doing this where they just stay in the, that space and like every song is so depressing. Right. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, and I think different people have different callings. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I just want to make a point to separate, like, I think congregational worship. I'm not talking about congregational worship. Right, right. separate category. Yeah. That's right. a separate category yeah. for me because it's that's important. a specific purpose. Yep. Right. And I, d- I, want to, I want to sing the name of Jesus. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to be like, well, this is only lament. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a, that's a very specific purpose for well, corporate, corporate yeah. worship, corporate singing. Yeah. It almost speaks to the problem of the church not necessarily supporting art outside of the Sunday worship experience. Oh yeah. So it's like, it's good. it does have a different purpose. There's like a worship purpose, to, like ecclesiastical purpose in church. And then if you have art outside of that environment, it, 
it's obviously not serving that same purpose for the, the Sunday morning practice, but the church doesn't necessarily consider that like a valuable thing to put resources into things mm-hmm. on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different reasons and probably like, um, trains of thought that have led us to that point. I'm not saying necessarily that it's wrong or right, but yeah. as far as Christian art getting created outside of the church, I mean, it does take patronage and like, um, and financing money. to like create the art. Yeah. So it makes sense that a lot of it is really only stuck in kind of like that one category. Right. I think the church doesn't know what to do with mm-hmm. their artists sometimes. And that's, that's kind of one of the reasons I want to do these kinds of conversations, you mm-hmm. know, because I think it's like we have this very narrow idea of what we see as applicable to a church service. Um, it's just probably right. Right. Like, I don't know if like a church service necessarily should have too much complex, but like in the way that we use our gifts in the way that we see our gifts mm-hmm. as being beneficial to the body. I mean, there was a really cool picture that this Sunday, like I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, this oh, Sunday so we were great. just taking a moment to just kind of grieve with some of our brothers and sisters that, yeah. that had lost a, a baby, you know, this mm-hmm. week and, and river had, had painted this painting, uh, that just was so, I think if I can use the word prophetic and, and, and yeah. just, it was something that clearly embodied what was happening right then in the, uh-huh. in the church. And then it was like, it was raining at the same time. And we put it up the piece of art. Too. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, wow, like what a cool thing that God impressed this on River's heart and she mm-hmm. painted it and it ministered to them. And, mm-hmm. and it, and it really became it like the imprint of the moment to kind yeah. of embody the moment. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, that's cool. Like, yeah. and it got me excited about this podcast. It got me excited mm-hmm. about like, what could it look like for, for art to have a more central mm-hmm. feature, a more central role in our, yeah. in our, um, in, in, in the way we think about the body ministering to one another. Yeah. You yeah. know, well, when you look at, if you look at the origins of creativity and we have to consider like God was exercising creativity first. Right. So as his image bearers, like we are going to reflect his way of exercising creativity to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But in the, at the origins of creativity, they were, they are relational. The origins of creativity is relational. It's communal mm-hmm. and it's communicative because that is the way that God exercises creativity. And it's the way that mm-hmm. we see it exercised as human beings. And when you say that, do you mean like, because in order for art to really be fully uh, like expressed, it needs to be both created and experienced, created and seen. Well, kind of I mean, or? that is definitely a facet of, of art, which is really hard to define because actually when you start to define art, it, it sort of, you leave, you instantly start leaving out creative expressions that would, you could consider art. So like if you describe that as just visual, you're forgoing right. audio or, you know, music, if you're, right. if you describe it as just those things and you're forgetting like dance um, and then you have design and there's so right. many things that kind of, it just keeps sprawling to the point that like, I think it's like a philosophical concept where it becomes like an open concept where it's like not necessarily something you can really truly pin down because mm-hmm. creativity actually is like the building block of culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, God's creativity is like, it's the foundation of all reality really. So in a sense, like we're sort of creating in that image, mm-hmm. but what, what I mean by c- communal is like, if you look at the overarching story of scripture, you have creation, the fall, redemption, restoration. It, God's creativity is functioning in every chapter and its purpose within each one is mm-hmm. for relationship. So even mm-hmm. when he um, anoints the artist to create the temple, like that, the, um, the result of it was God's dwelling with man. And that was the same with like um, at the creation account at the end of the 
the garden. That was the point, like God was dwelling with man. And then mm. when we see, um, uh, like Jesus, the, well, sorry, redemption, I always mix up restoration and redemption hmm. in my mind. Yeah. When we see redemption, we see the same idea. It's like the whole, the Holy Spirit indwelling uh, the human temple and like God's, um, the Trinity choosing a creative act to make Jesus's resurrection, the first fruit of new creation. Mm -hmm. So in the same way that the Trinity chose mm -hmm. to create all that exists, right. we see it exercising that same, in the same way when it creates the new creation. And that started mm -hmm. with us as like mm -hmm. a communal place for God to dwell. Right. And then that is our commission is to like, at, with our creativity, create environments, cultures where people can dwell with God. And that's the purpose of the church is mm -hmm. to, it's not to get us out of earth, but it's to restore all of creation back to its original mm -hmm. purpose, which was to dwell with, for heaven and mm -hmm. earth to dwell as a unity yeah. under the kingdom of God. Wow. So, which is the reign of God. Um, and yeah, so that's what our creativity is restoring to. Mm -hmm. And then when you see the end of restoration, that's what it says at the end is like, right. God said, it says um, a word was heard or a voice was heard from the, coming from the throne that, Man, God's dwelling place would be with man. Yeah. And that was like his whole point. And that was yeah. like the goal of um, all of it when he exercised creativity was this relational communal thing mm -hmm. that like our creativity is meant to do. Right. So when it comes to church, ex mm -hmm. the church environment, there's so many implications that you could make about mm -hmm. the way we practice church within that and using artists. And I mean, there's like history for the American church that we have to unpack as to why our church environments are so I don't know I not to use like I guess bland would be one way to describe it which I'm not saying that in a, a negative way it's just a matter of well, fact more utilitarian is that the right word <sighs> yeah sure like I think a lot of times we think if the art doesn't have a purpose like if it's not evangelical like a, functional. An, um, evangelism kind of means mm -hmm. that it's like what are we using for like beauty is beauty and is beauty excess well mm -hmm. No, I don't think so, because when God created everything, he put, I mean, the tr it says the trees were good for food and sight, like mm -hmm. good to see and to eat. And he was complete when he made everything. Mm -hmm. So was it an excess for him to make it beautiful? Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, sorry. Yeah. I'm I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> keep going. Like when we, when we forsake that in our church environments, we're also presenting a message to the world that it doesn't really matter to us. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we say it's excess, we're also making a huge claim about what it might mean for people who, so if, if a lot of times people use argument that like, um, you know, like we should give to the, first we should give to the poor before we use money to make a building beautiful. That's true, probably. Like we should actually be practicing love with our creativity. If we're only focusing on making things aesthetically glorious, like the Roman Catholic church, which was the Christian church, mm. then yeah, that's an injustice. But it also says something about like what you're, what you, th what we think about environments in general and that like that people who are in need don't necessarily also appreciate having a beautiful environment to engage with. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were supposed to be inviting people like in. Right. So <laughs> like when we yeah. do spend like resources on making our spaces beautiful and seeing art as further than just like some evangel, um, like, you know, Per, uh, utilitarian thing mm. like um, it was meant to be shared it wasn't meant to just be hoarded right 
Because we were so. designed as like human beings to actually experience beauty. And to share it in community. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, you got me thinking all these things right now. And just thinking about you, you kind of mentioned this idea that art could be a broader category and it's kind of hard to define. And it kind yeah. of just got me thinking, you know, you have the spectrum of, of different types of human beings. Yeah. You have people that are creative, but you also have people that are very organizational, mm-hmm. but really organization is, is creative in a way it because is. it's organizing. It's taking something that's maybe out of order and it's putting it into order. God bless those and, people. Well, what's yes, so cool. Like you think them. about, <laughs> you think about God's redemptive work and he's really doing all of that. He's yeah. organizing. And that was the, that was the cultural mandate. He told Adam to go and really cultivate, take the raw material of the garden and take it and turn it into something better. Yeah. Um, and that's what God's doing throughout history is what he's going to do when he recreates the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, as the Imago Dei, we get to sort of echo that when we right. do anything that is making things better. So raising kids is cultivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's not, it's not blank canvas cause you can't control mm-hmm. as much as you think you can before you have kids. Right. Yeah. But it is cultivation. Um, someone taking something that is dilapidated and broken and turning it into something, restoring it is kind of art, right? Yes. Um, organize, it's all really, it all is reflecting the image of God mm-hmm. who is both creator and sustainer and organizer and yes. cultivator and all of those things. And yeah. what's so fun, like for me, my art in this season is, is writing sermons. And what I love about writing sermons is it's kind of everything it's creativity, yeah. but then it's also like archeology. span I'm just like, yeah. what does the text say? I don't need to get cute and creative. What does it say? And then it's organization. How do I take all of these thoughts that were creative thoughts and how do I organize them? Mm-hmm. And then presentation, it's like, all of the things I love about life all wrapped up in one mm. and what you do with, in fact, what, really what both of you guys, but when I think about the process of writing a song, mm-hmm. it's like creative space. What about this? What about this course? What about this first? What about this concept? Mm. But then it's organization. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what you do as an audio engineer is very much organization. Mm-hmm. It's this frequency needs to go. This compressor needs to be added. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this thing needs to be dialed in a little bit tighter. Um, and so really you could just say, well, you're just an artist, but actually you're, you're doing all of those things. Or when you mm. do a painting and I'm not as familiar with, with painting, right. But you start with getting your ratios, right. Right. And getting your, you, there's an organizational sense yeah. of like, how big should this person's head be on uh-huh. this canvas? Right. And I don't just start yeah. painting. Right. I mean, right. You, there's a sense of almost math to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like things yeah. need to be and like live sound is, I mean, is math <laughs> like is the, math. the notes of a scale and why certain notes go together really is a mathematic equation, like the circle of fifths. And, and so it's crazy how you, you know, I guess what I'm getting at and you just got me thinking about this, like we are almost wrong to over separate arts from organization mm-hmm. or administration, because really they're all the sense of restoration yeah. and creation mm-hmm. that God has sort of set humanity on mm-hmm. to, to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. It's good. Yeah. And then when I think we think art has to be explicit, like you guys were talking about how it needed, it needs That's to have John three sixteen. Don't forget that he right. rose again on the third, on the third day. You put a fish sticker yeah. on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this like, is a song about my wife, but at the end I'm going to quote John three sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Christian. And she said Print to me it. before she fell asleep. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I mean like one of the best examples of art functioning without that is the parables when Jesus talks about things and um, uses stories and people, I think people try to say that the parables were supposed to make things make sense, but they do not make sense (laughs) at the time. They were, they were so puzzling. They didn't have, you know, however long we've had to sit there and figure out what he meant. They were like, huh? 
and and he was using their everyday items Mm -hmm. to portray some kind of idea taking what they were familiar with and giving them a, a new way to look at it and it even says in um in mark that at a certain point he didn't talk to people without using parables and he didn't explain them except for to his disciples when they asked him. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that is so important because we don't have to have in our art pieces, every single part of the gospel presented, especially in our age when so much of it has so much baggage that when you see a cross, you see, or you see certain aspects in a painting, it automatically kind of, um, glaze like your eyes glaze over you're like yeah we know what you're trying to say well it pulls away the abstract in in a sense and you're like oh i know what that is instead of making you lean in and wanting to know what it is right which is exactly what the parables did they had to go ask right they had to say what does that mean Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like and it was jesus himself doing this to a crowd of very diverse people there were religious leaders there i mean matthew talks about a large crowd gathering. You can assume it mm-hmm. probably was a wide array of everybody. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we, I mean, I'm talking about my own experience. Like when Christians are involved in the art you're going to present, like you feel this pressure to sort of present the gospel so that people can't come and say to you, like you didn't actually share that like fully. So I'm not sure if this unsafe person who's in- encountering your art is really going to walk away being able to like be saved. Uh, well, that's not necessarily the point. Right. The point is to like move people towards because hmm. Everything we're encountering is always like forming us, moving us towards something, shifting our views Mm -hmm. for good or for bad. We're in the same story. So like however we're engaging with it, we're still in that one story. And um, in today's world, like when people if you're trying to evangelize with art and you're putting out really like cliche Christian art, which I've done. And I took like a I took like a year, two year break of making art because I didn't know because of the question you're asking, like. Mm -hmm. People feel like they have to put in Christian, like Christian symbolism. That's super clear if they're Christian. Um, And what I realized is that when you do that, I mean, people just kind of like, like I said, they just sort of keep walking by because they, they already think they know what you're trying to say because there's so much baggage around the words that we even use. Whereas like certain symbols might just move them towards, um, so towards just being able like to it's like the gardening of the soul it's like moving them to be able to even receive certain other concepts for sure that yeah. you might talk about or they might encounter later yeah. Yeah. but like just getting them to sort of see something in a certain way that right. helps them move towards a christian worldview mm-hmm. to ask what is christian art it's something that moves people towards understanding the world with a christian worldview yeah. and that is all encompassing because god is like he's not separated like here's the sacred here's the secular no truth is truth because god is sustaining all of reality so i mean yeah yeah, so like when it comes to christian art it's like i i always say it's anything that is presenting the christian worldview and that includes a reality of what sin actually is and how horrible it is and totally like lamentations is a horrible horrible horrific account it's a a poem written by an artist that God put into sacred text. How many Christians would be like, why did you put the story about the mom eating the child or, right. you know, the horrible things that are in yeah. there? Like you can't put that in Christian art. I or like know, Hosea, Hosea and Gomer, like the, yeah. being, being a parable essentially of, of Israel's prostitution yeah. to, to the Lord. I, this week I'm this Sunday, I'm preaching on, it's one of the most bizarre pieces of scripture. Jesus goes to get some figs off a tree. There's no figs, so he curses the tree. Yeah. 
And it's like, what is that? You know, but he was enacting a parable. Mm -hmm. He was literally painting a picture for them of the dead religion of the temple, which he was just about to cleanse. Um, And it's like Jesus was, he was very often communicating, you know, with art. It's it's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty (laughs) sweet. I I was just thinking about like the things I I could sit down and read Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology and that would be really edifying for me for Mm -hmm. sure. Love it. And, and I don't think it's one's better than the other. But but then recently I just read through all the Narnia books again. Mm. And I was just like so ministered to okay. because Lewis just took these theological concepts and fleshed them out through story in a way that just grabbed me. Like like the um, the magician's nephew where he goes back and talks about My the creation one. account yeah. where Aslan is like singing, you know, Narnia into existence. And the way he portrays the white witch found this sort of evil found its way into the garden was already present at creation. It was like yeah. evil is already there. I'm like, whoa, that's like, so now I, I had read Genesis three. Mm-hmm. I, I know the, the systematically, I know the, the theology of original sin. And, um, but yet when I read that artistic telling of this, this theological reality, mm. it just, it led me to worship and it yes. led me to a whole, like it opened my heart. It's like a dimensionality was opened. Mm-hmm. I went from seeing it. So I think just simply reading systematic theology is, is good, but it's lacking dimension. Right. And that's yeah. why like for, like that. for sermons, right. Like you can't, you know, you could just get up there and say, blah, blah, blah. This is what the text says. This is what it means. Sayonara. But, but sermons are art in that they bring illustration and they bring people to feel the text into, to, that's what the prophets did, right? They brought through like laying on their side for, for, you know, days or for, I mean, Jer- was it uh, Jeremiah like acted out the, the sieging of Jerusalem with like little figures yeah, and stuff, like yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's all art, you know, I mean, yeah. you just can't separate, I guess just to, to summarize, like you can't separate art from from theology which was going to be my next question mm-hmm. but we're already kind of answering it and sometimes people think well to be an artist you have to sort of check your brain at the door right mm-hmm. and just like let your feelings take over and one of the things i love about you guys is that you guys are very theologically rooted and grounded i mean mary you're taking classes at pbc and, mm-hmm. you, and you love theology and mm-hmm. and like to see that art doesn't have to mean you can't be theologically robust mm-hmm. in your understanding of God's word, you know, maybe speak to that too and how you guys balance that, how, how theology has played a part, you know, in your guys' art. Yeah, I think, uh, so I was a worship leader for almost 10 years. And during that time, I wrote a lot of worship songs specifically for the church I was um, working at. And um, I was part of this, um, this band um, where we, we'd go play show. I think we, when you're in Bend, we played a yeah. show at your church. Yeah. And uh, the initial, a lot of the songs were just like scripture songs initially. But I, I remember getting to the point where I felt like if we didn't like cram as like much scriptural truth into the song, like I don't, I thought we were like compromising, being, like faithful <laughs> yeah. to like the create, like the call of right. a, you know, a Christian. And I think the journey has been shifting from that and realizing, uh, especially uh, probably a lot of people just, it was like, oh yeah, okay. It's like, there's just so many phrases, so many like theological Mm -hmm. statements, not to say it didn't like minister to anybody. Um, but I feel like, um, the, the songs that really have had begun to move me and the way change the way that I write is trying to take something like, like, um, like Paul, for example, um, when he, I forget where, like where he was, but he basically goes to, um, an area where they just have so many gods. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And then the he, Areopagus. Yeah. And then he, <clears throat> very creative, literally goes when they say, oh, this is the, this is the unknown God. He's like, wait, wait, I know that's the God that I know. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about that. Mm-hmm. He uses their culture. Mm-hmm. He uses their understanding. And he actually points to the truth. And so I, I feel like there's, there hat like I like the what you talked about in dimension. Sometimes like you have these, the systematic theology, that is true, but it does lack a dimension because it doesn't necessarily, um, it can't necessarily encompass the human experience with right. emotions. You're like this it's missing is true. the human element. The human it, yeah. element. Which which Jesus? I grew up literally hearing like, you know, life's like a train. It goes faith. Wait, what is it? Faith, fact, feeling. So, is that right? Yeah. I don't know. I've never heard that before. Oh, I heard it all the time. It was like, well, you know, feelings at the, is that the 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 end of the train? Is that the caboose of the train? And it was faith, then you have facts, and then you have feeling. And feeling was always like subpar to faith and fact. Mm. And you don't see Jesus living that way at all. There's, there's such a, there's such a, uh, a marrying of, his feelings. He was a deeply emotional human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally weeps mm-hmm. like over over um, Lazarus, mm-hmm. even though he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. of how incredibly awful yeah. the effects of sin are, and even, how it was yeah. affecting the community. He even like, though his systematic theology of God's sovereignty <laughs> yeah. and God's determinism was airtight, yeah. it airtight. was literally him. Himself. It was literally him. He's like, I yeah. got this. But he experienced, he's like seeing the, the pain of people. And so as far as like, it's, it's interesting because I think there is, you, you do see artists, I think, go so far where it's, it literally is only feeling and it becomes a little like uh, untethered from a, what we would call is true. Corresponding to like yeah. actual reality. Actual yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so in your, in your feelings but I just think, you know, sometimes to sing. So I always use this example. Um, so I love hymns. I do love hymns. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think um, that you can, uh, in this culture, only do hymns. Like, um, because at a certain point, and this song I love is literally, I love you, Lord. It's the mm-hmm. simplest song. It's literally like, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, mm-hmm. my king. And you'll see how that literally actually impacts us like a worship experience when people hear this melody very moving melody very simple lyrics not necessarily unpacking anything um it's just actually a moment of like genuine response because worship right it's a response to seeing the beauty of god right um and so i think creating moments like that like mara was saying meeting places with god um you're really just Cause there's songs, uh, there's an artist called Andy Squires, incredible songwriter, just one of my favorite songwriters. His voice isn't always for everyone, but he's he, like, some of his songs are seriously deep lamentation. One song is mm-hmm. literally about losing a child. Um, and I feel so drawn into worship God in that mm-hmm. moment, even though it's tr- horrifically tragic mm-hmm. and like my biggest fear, you know, as a, as yeah. a parent. But there's, you're actually creating a space for people, for people to have those questions. Right. Like, I think God is in the questioning. He's in yeah. the, you know. Yeah. Um, yes. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I think one of the mistakes that we make in the church is, um, depending on who's running the church, um, we, we tend to, it's not that we, 
we tend to um, neglect an entire facet of, of God's expression of who he is and God's revelation of who he is. Like if the church is run by a very type A, non-emotional kind of uh, a person, the arts will probably not really be thought of or mentioned. If, if the church is run by a very arts focused and very feelings focused person that doesn't really like organizations or like administration, doesn't really like systematics and stuff like that, you know, and I think because we don't understand each other sometimes in, uh, that we don't really make space for each other, mm-hmm. but realizing that like when you step back and look at the mosaic of how God has communicated, um, his, his ultimate reality through the last 2000 years of Christian expression, everything from systematic works to, um, yeah, to books, to, um, to plays, to movies, to music, like God has used all of that. And he's used administrators and he's used people that are organized Mm -hmm. and that are not feelings driven. And he's just used it all. And I think one of the things I just would seek for us at Philippi is to understand one another and to see the value of one another and Mm -hmm. to see like Mm -hmm. that we need every personality type Mm -hmm. because not any one of us is going to fully represent God and what God thinks and the way God feels. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and God is a feeling God and he is a creator. He is an artist. He's Mm -hmm. also very organized. Mm -hmm. He runs a tight ship, right? And he, and he created math, (laughs) he created science (laughs) and he created art. You know, art, I think there's a rabbit trailing, but art is one of the greatest, I think, um, ways we can prove that God does exist. Because it's like, what? Yeah. why does music exist? Why mm-hmm. are you moved by it? Yeah. Why does art exist? There's no function to it, right? There's no, there's no like, well, it makes sense that we would like music and, mm-hmm. and because it's, you know, evolution explains it. It doesn't really explain yeah. it, right? right. Um, it's, it's transcendent too. Like when you yeah. see something, it's the whole, if there's a chair, there was a chair maker idea right. as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, For if sure. you see art, you know, there was an artist yeah. somewhere yeah. doing that, making yeah. that. Yeah, it's good. Um, see we only got a few more minutes here uh i had some just kind of random questions that i thought might be helpful for artists listening um one of the questions i always have and this is kind of off topic from what we've been talking about theology and sort of big picture stuff this is really practical how do you know when art is done this is something i've always like i've always wrestled with like how do you know when to walk away and say, that's enough. Because <laughs> you could just over tweak everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could change yeah. everything. Like for me, again, like my art form right now is writing sermons and I only have a week to write a sermon. So yeah. I have to be done at some right. point. It has mm-hmm. to be Thursday by, by 12 o'clock. I'm like done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Notes are printed, walk away. And it's always hard for me to know when to leave it alone, to when to let the imperfections and the flaws be there, realizing that that's part of art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys, like, what's your thought process on that? How do you determine when when to be done? Like when you're doing a, question. like, Mary, let me answer this. Like, when you're doing a, a painting or yeah. you're doing a show, like, how do you go, finished? Yeah, that's, first of all, I love going, I love having these practical questions because it, it really is practical when it comes to, like, making art. It's so, like, you can have all these, like, esoteric ideas over here, but then when it's, like, standing at the canvas, you're like, this is actually really hard. And yeah. I don't always feel good about what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. now what, once I made it, what am I going to do with it kind of a thing. But I think the, I think I've heard artists um, say that the best thing is to sort of set out with a goal. So, mm-hmm. like, before you start painting, define for you what the goal is of that painting. So is it to learn this specific thing that you're going to try to do in this painting? Is it to depict this one thing in the painting? Is it to explore or experiment with this certain color combination? Like try to find something that you want to accomplish when you are working on the painting. And um, then also to see your body of work as less of like, this is my painting and I'm going to finish it. And more of like this practice that's sort of always streaming 
I know for me as a perfectionist, like deadlines are super important. And if you have to put that on yourself, yeah, that's going to help because right. for me, I could honestly just keep totally. It, and it comes from like this idea of self doubt, probably for me more so mm-hmm. than, than it does like, I think for uh, every artist, this idea of like, I want to attain something. Yeah. It's like, I just don't feel like it's good enough. So I guess I should better keep working or I'm going to criticize it to the point that I just keep manipulating it, you know, kind right. of thing. Right. And I think that that takes humility to be like, you know what, if it, if it wasn't the best thing ever, that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to leave it the way it is. And I'm going to practice the next mm. one and then good. continue on. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. I think the perfection, not that you'll ever attain perfection, but the it's in the provisions, right? Like I used to, I used to like trip on writing songs because I wanted to write the best song. Yeah. And then I, I realized like, you don't just write, sit down and write the best song. You yeah. write 500 terrible songs. Oh yeah. And yeah. then finally you end up getting a good one. And, and, Unless you're like the Beatles, you know, and, and just have happened. But they to wrote write. so many songs before Let It Be. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. Yeah. Like Paul McCartney probably wrote like 600 songs before yeah. he wrote Let It Be. And not all right. of them were. Yeah. yeah. And we do. Like we listen to, like for me, I listen to to my preaching heroes. I listen to Rick Boy or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude just preaches a masterful sermon, you know, but he's preached thousands of sermons. And, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's the process of doing it and doing it and doing it and doing yeah. it. You know, yeah. you can't just sit down with a canvas and just perfectly do it. You're going to make mistakes. and Totally. You know. Totally. I think there is, there's a few ways I approach this. Um, one, my main rule is the art has to move me. Mm. If it's not moving me, then I can't count on it actually moving people. I like that. Yeah. But what happens is when you, when you work on something and you really like, you take this uh, like raw element and you're kind of like, for me, it's like, okay, this is my, this is the thing I love about this that's moving me. And now I need to like, you know, make it like fill it out in a way that is still honoring to that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I think there's, so you have this initial like spark, like, and I whole thing is like, just go where the lightning strikes. Like if it's feeling good, like that's kind of where I'd bend rules. I'm like, well, it feels good. I don't care if we don't have a three choruses, like this feels good. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time you lose that objectivity very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of the things, and this is definitely more, in the music realm is I, I usually try to have like a few people that I really trust their ears, not even all musicians. Yeah. Actually, my wife is one of them. Like, but Hmm. I, I have like some producer, like a lot of people listening are not musicians. Right. I'm making music for non-musicians. Um, and so, and then I have a few people and I just let them and, and I, I think the first listen of their song, like without me explaining anything is the most valuable thing you have. Mm. Because then you, you, if they're like moved by it, you're like, all right, yeah, mission success. accomplished. Yeah. But if yeah. it's like, uh, or like, what do you mean by this? It's, it's good. And it's not, you're never going to please everybody. So totally. you have to filter that. Totally. Yeah. But the other thing I think, and this is something that is so hard for me, but I've been trying to do this the last couple of years is the 70% rule. And oh yes, it's so good. So yeah. basically I forget where we learned that. What's his name? Um, it's this YouTuber, isn't it? His channel is called Struthless. Struthless. He's no. the man. It's not a, yeah. 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 Not he, that that matters, but like, yeah. He talks anyway. about the 70% rule and he's like, there's three kinds of people. There's people who literally maybe create art every day and it's just not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're just always creating. And then you have maybe people who in a period of week will create like, or in a period of time, they'll create maybe two songs and they're like a lot better than the guy creating every day you know, but there's still, um, yeah, it's definitely a lot more work. It's definitely, and then you have this person who only creates one and they, and perfects it, perfects like, it yeah. attempts to, to the point. It. And in his theory is that the person making art every day is actually going to continue to make better art 
yeah. because they're continually just working through it right. and they're not s- like focusing everything like this is the only song I'll ever write. Right. And what happens is they're actually going to write better songs. They're mm-hmm. going to start to grow. And it's really hard, but I think the 70% rule, you're like, is it seven? Is it 100% good? Right. Not like you're shooting for 70%. Right. Is it 70% good? It's good. For the most part, most people are not even going to notice. So yeah. the last, I get a song to 90% and the last mm. 10% is just so I feel good about it. Mm. Like no yeah. one, no one cares. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's funny. I always notice like bands that I would really like, they would like put out an album and it would make them famous. It'd be that album that yep. made them famous. But they wrote that album over the course of like a few years too, yep. you know, and then they would get a record deal. And then there was this expectation, expectation to crank out albums like every year. And I would notice that kind of like their, their quality would dip a little bit too, just come to the other side of this where maybe, you know, they felt so much pressure to just produce for yeah. the oh, record yeah. label, you know? And so I like the 70% idea. Cause it's not that like, it's not a 30% rule. It's not like just crank it out, baby. It's like, you know, spend enough time, but not yeah. so much time that you're sort you of obsessing on the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask one more question, then we'll end, we'll wrap it up. Uh, another practical one: What do you guys do when you feel like you're hitting a wall? So the thing about creativity, mm-hmm. obviously, is it's not you can't just sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be in the right headspace and the right heart space. And like when you, um, if those you know those that do it professionally, you can't afford to right you can't afford to just not feel like doing it like someone pays you to come in and do a mural you can't be like yeah i'm not feeling it sorry yeah. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. like yeah. how do you overcome those walls of like mm-hmm. i just don't feel i'm not feeling it right now you know i think that that you know depends on the context so if i'm producing something for another artist there is usually a time constraint and there usually is like okay gotta do it um and there is days where i 100 don't feel like doing that like i would choose anything mm-hmm. i would be like you know what i just want to mm-hmm. go and Sleep. like ride my bike <laughs> or like yeah. Yeah, totally. um and there's those moments kind of unlock a different kind of creativity which can be really good because I, I function really well under deadlines as well but i think like i have the hardest time writing like songs when i'm only writing songs if i'm only like my best writing actually just comes out of life lived mm-hmm. um and i it's ironic but I literally am most inspired when I'm the busiest with other things, um, which is weird. Like with my, with my own writing, yeah. which is annoying. Cause I'll be like, no, I'm going to take this two months and I'm just going to write like three or four songs and mm-hmm. put together a record. And usually those are the most unfruitful times for me. Um, yeah. and it can be fresh. So I think basically w- like work with what you have, be gracious to yourself. Yep. Um, and, and if you only have, like, if you're frustrated because you're in school and you really want to write songs, like, mm. just use the time you have. Mm. And I, honest, I honestly think um, that'll be, because art is really just a snapshot of you as an artist at that given point of time. Or for music, it's so like, true. you're taking, like, recording, you're taking a picture of the song at that, in that right. exact yeah. moment in time right. with those people in the room. And being okay with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, yeah. like, I'll just have to take a break from from a certain artistic endeavor yeah. if time mm-hmm. allows mm-hmm. and be like, okay, I'm going to breathe. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Have you guys seen the movie, the man who invented Christmas? No. no. Oh dude. It's so good. It's, it's about, um, shoot. What's his name? The guy that wrote Christmas Carol in, uh, David Copperfield. Uh-huh. And, uh, I forget his name. Um, yep. But anyways, it's about Carol. his process of writing the Christmas Carol and it's so good. Oh, cool. It's like a perfect, it's a perfect eye into the, the mind of an artist trying to design and create something. And he's trying to come up with characters and he just spends so much time walking London and the different characters all of a sudden appear and they're like there in his mind and that's he's cool. trying to, he runs home really quick to write, you know, and that's how I feel with my creative process. It's like, mm-hmm. 
it's almost never when I'm sitting at my desk. Oh, like yeah. I, like this week, even I, I think my introduction for my sermon came to me while I was walking literally mm-hmm. a block down that way. My, my conclusion came to me while I was at Fred Meyer mm-hmm. getting something, you know what I mean? The other one was like in my car driving. Like those are, those are the times I feel like that the things come to you. Yeah. Now that might be different. I wonder in what you do, because for, for me, it's like, I could just jot it down and it's in, it's in a scrap of paper, yeah. but you know, what, what does that look like for you, Mary, in terms of overcoming block in, in, in actual painting, yeah. like the physical act of it or like the, or like a the concept. Yeah. Maybe either block. one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still learning how to come overcome the physical, um, block. Like if you don't feel like painting, you right. know what I mean? Like I'm not the best at that. Like mm-hmm. I'm not the best at taking action when I don't feel like it. That's like one of my problems. So I'm still learning how to do that. Um, me, me too. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> as far as are. like, I love the creative part of it. So my mind is always kind of, I don't know, Should putting, I? using the, using every day as like fuel to the fire kind of a mm. thing. I think when I'm with my kids, I know that might not be the answer everyone wants, but in regards to like when we're like you were saying, when we're confined, like, so if we have to go to work and we're working our day job or we're with our kids or we're at a place where we can't actually be like creative. I feel like sometimes like you were just saying like, um, creative ideas start to sort of sprout out because there's, Mm -hmm. there's not like this pressure, like you're watching the seed sprout. It's like, Oh wait, this connects to that. And I can see the connection here Mm -hmm. and I'm actually really moved in this moment. So let me ask why. And is there Mm -hmm. something there that I want to explore that I can go into? Yes. That's so good. Okay, I think the creative moment, the initial spark, um, that is like probably the most exciting part of creation. Right. It's like, true. it is. Yeah. It's like the it's also potential. the most scary because you're like, am I going to be able to execute yeah. on that? Like, and then there's I, expectations. I think for you if to you do own it. that moment, and then uh, like a lot of, a lot of it's still just work. Yeah. Like it, it can is. get tedious. Totally. But, and so I think the expectation that you have to have that feeling the whole time is crippling. Because then you're, you're not able to, you're like, oh, well, is this even good? It's like really, yeah. I, I think it's, if there's a way, like for if you're a songwriter, like that iPhone demo, the first time you're just in your room and you're feeling it and it's, you're moved <laughs> by it. Like trust that, not that you can't like maybe make some alterations or something, but like at that point you just have to like yeah. do the work, even if you don't. It's true. F- yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a blend of just straight up labor and yeah. Um, and excitement like I was I don't know why when you were talking I just got a picture of a guy making a canoe out of a log it's like he's this idea like I'm yeah, gonna totally. turn that into a canoe so that's like two percent of like shaping and like 98 percent just like <laughs> chopping yeah. wood trying so to get good. it out that of there right so like, that's true. Great. I don't know and that's and that's I think where discipline does come in in the arts like yes. it's yes. not all just feeling it's like you need to sit down and sometimes Actually I just do. need to force myself like I am not getting out of this chair until I have at least other times it's like, I need to go for a walk because yeah. <laughs> I'm just, but I yeah. think the difference is like, are you in the conceptual phase yeah. or are you in the executing phase? And if mm-hmm. you are in the conceptual phase, you can't force yourself. Like, right. yeah. but if you're like, Hey, look, I know what I need to do. I need to color in this section. Yes. yes. I'm going to just true. do that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well guys, a couple things. Um, first of all, I want to just plug the upcoming ascend conference Yes. yes. that for those of, uh, of you guys that are not familiar with that. Um, I mean, you guys could probably explain that a lot better, but, but every year for how many years now, like 15 or something? Um, sh- uh, Jeannie Randall, who is, uh, the person who runs masterpiece Christian fine arts. Yeah. Yeah. She's been running an arts conference. Yeah. I don't know how many years, but yeah, yeah a long, long time. time. And yeah. she's, 
she's an amazing supporter of the arts. She it's that woman cool. loves art. Yeah. So, so much. last year I kind of went and checked it out. We had a bunch of people from Philippi that went, and you guys are both instructors there and, and lead um, classes and breakouts and are, are involved. And it's a really rad place for Christian. Um, Christian artists, whether that's recording mm -hmm. artists or music artists or painting, mm -hmm. I forget what all the different film. tracks, film, they have film yeah. um, in production. Well, so there's just a lot of different tracks. Mm -hmm. And so if you're interested in that, but you'll go to ascendashland.com and all the information uh, is It's actually there. Ascend West Coast, right? I think that you would get redirected if you did ascendashland.com. Weird. Um, okay. And there's also ascendwestcoast.com. Okay. I'm going to yeah. put in the description of this video, I'm going to put the right link. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I just visited the link and I know that that link was updated. And I think okay. she has it directing you because yeah. at a certain point it was hosted. Well, I Googled Ascend Southern Oregon and that came up. Yeah. So if you, even no. if you just Google that, yeah, you should, it's you'll the find same, it. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, in, it's, in, it's incredible. It's it's this. So that version of it is was initially kind of directed to youth. We did one in 2019 before the world shut down. And, yeah. um, it was done at the story and typically her, her artist retreats and conferences were just kind of geared towards like any age. Mm -hmm. So we initially tried to focus on like the youth, um, mm -hmm. but we have since brought in that, yeah. um, just due to the area and the, and the kind of people interested were like, yeah. wait, ah, uh, I'm 36. Can I come do this? Yeah. You know? Nowadays it's and like, now what's we're, you? And we're getting <laughs> older. We're like, well, I guess cool. we can't go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Wait yeah. A um, uh, um, well, anyways, that's July yeah. 15 and 16. Yes. Um, and it's going to be at Jacksonville Press this year. Uh -huh. Right. It's a different place every year. Yeah. I'm hoping one of these years we can host it. That'd be really cool. But this yeah. year, yeah, Jacksonville Press. Um, and then one last thing, how can people check out each of your guys' work? So, you know, maybe just quick, um, like, how could like if someone said I want everyone to see Mary's art? Do you mm -hmm. have like a place online that people can kind of check that out, or do you do, like Instagram? Or um, yeah, right now I only have it on Instagram, so okay. it, it's at Mara M E R A Olive O L I V E. Oh, Mara Olive. Your name is spelled M E R A. Yes. So glad you told me that. <laughs> well, and then I left off the ending of Oliveira because you know that silent I. So okay. it's just Mara Olive, Mara like Olive. the okay. actual okay olive and people can see your work there yeah so that's the only place i have okay. my art posted right okay now. Mm -hmm. great and then your your music is all the the thing with your music is you've had you have it under, under so many different because you had pilgrim, pilgrim song, song and then you had mm -hmm. rug valley fellowship Which and then yeah, and now you have just jeremy Oliveira. yeah but it's all on itunes it's all on itunes and spotify, and spotify. everything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And then my production side of things, just to plug that, is StereoCreature.com. Cool. StereoCreature. So if you're looking to record an album <laughs> and you're working with Trevor Hanks right now. Yes, Trevor. He's our boy. He's so our boy. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys. And Christina for your, Hanks. For your time. Yeah. Trevor and Christina. Is she on the album too? She's doing some of uh, her own stuff. She, cool. Oh, she's yeah, doing she's her recording, own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. awesome. She just released yeah. a song. Um couple just days ago that, yeah yeah i'm gonna plug it yeah yeah no way i gotta hear um, it yeah cool all right well thank you guys so much uh, i really appreciate yeah. you guys and man thank super you. good thoughts so i'm gonna fun. be chewing on this stuff for a while so let me let me just pray real quick for you guys lord yeah. bless these guys as they uh continue to serve you with their creativity and their art lord and uh, i'm just so thankful lord to be able to um, just partner with them and be part of the body with them and i pray for everybody listening that would just be inspired to go create for the glory uh of god lord that they would go and, and see just the power of what uh, we can do through the arts lord and we pray for our church and for all churches um lord that they would see the value of art and uh find a way to integrate it lord into our worship expression um in the way that we glorify you, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Peace. Mm -hmm.